Welcome to the Grenda Brethren Ministries podcast, where we do our best to present the Word of God with both passion and grace. We hope that you will join us on our website at www.grenda.life. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. I'm thankful to see you all here. You've all survived Thanksgiving with your families, right? Barely. Barely. Oh, Gregory. You've survived food coma from too much turkey, yes? You survived yesterday's football game. Except maybe for Chad, who clearly is just not here this morning. I'm just saying. But in in any event, you are here. You are here. You survived. You made it. We spend um, our Thanksgiving with my wife's family. Before we got married, uh, my wife took me to her Thanksgiving reunion. At that point, it was held at a community center in Lawrence, Indiana on um, Thanksgiving Day. They rented out the community center. So now they've moved it to the Lions Club in New Palestine. But uh, the first time she took me, she said, it's a little big. There's a lot of people to meet. And I walk through the door, and there's like 150 people. I've been dating my wife for like a month, maybe two. Did I want to sign up for that already? Right? I should have known when I had to meet mom and dad and 12 uncles and 15 aunts and all the cousins, right? And so we do that every year. We have always done that every year. It makes it easy in a lot of ways. Some families have the where do you go at Christmas and where do you go at Thanksgiving discussion. We never have that. We've never had that. It's always Thanksgiving is always Heather's family. And Christmas is whatever my family feels like doing, which isn't always a lot. Depends. Depends on what's going on. But that's what we don't. I'm not. Do I sound sad, Gregory? You don't need to sound sad. It's okay. It's okay. But I have grown to love those Thanksgiving dinners with her family. I've grown to love seeing people that uh, I don't get to see but once a year, right? I mean, if we're really being honest, that's why we do Thanksgiving. We do it to see people we don't get to see very much. We do it to spend time with people we don't get to spend time with all that often. And I don't know if there's anything more joyous than watching, you know, Barb and, and Jerry beaming that their whole family is here from everywhere, right? And Jerry was saying this morning, he goes, did you, did you hear the ruckus yesterday? They were making a ruckus over there with a gator and all kinds of stuff running around. And I said, no, but you know you love the ruckus, don't you? Oh, yes. Because it's your family. When you're around your family, it reminds you, I think, of... Um, if for a moment in time, what the important things are. Just for a moment, it reminds you what the important things are. When you see children and grandchildren or aunts and uncles or cousins or mom and dad all walk through the door together, and yes, they may look at each other sideways and there may be some head shaking and are you kidding me's, but at the end of the day, you do it every year because it's what it means to experience love. And because it's a reminder of what really matters. So that's my pitch. If you skipped your family's Thanksgiving this year, don't skip the next one because it matters. Because those are the things that are important in life. Faith, family, friends, 
Don't skip that. And you say, Rob, you're serious out of the gate. I am. But that's okay. It's all right. Our sermon today, we're, in, we're a tweener today. We're between a series that we just had called A Beautiful Mind, and then what starts next week? Advent starts next week. Does anybody know what the word Advent means? No? Come on. Preparing. Preparing. Waiting. Looking forward. Anticipation is my favorite word for that. It's what Advent means. So let me get this straight. We're all celebrating a a season we don't even know what we're celebrating and what it means? Come on! Well, do we? I would encourage you in the next few weeks to, as we go through Advent, to take stock in what we're doing and why we're doing it. It's not something we just come up with because we feel like, that's a cool name, let's just roll with that, right? It's something we we believe matters. We believe this season of anticipating the coming of our Lord and Savior, right? Of hope, of peace, of love, of joy. It's a season that I think if we engage in it, will impact you in great ways. So today's sermon, we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that's I think fleeting, um, and it's gratitude. In the season of thankfulness, in the season of anticipation, in between, it feels like we should talk about gratitude and why gratitude matters and what it is. I would challenge us to say it's more than a feeling. It's more than simply feeling one way. It, it is, and historically, it's a virtue. And we'll get into that in a minute. It's a virtue. Gratitude should not just be for what we just celebrated last Thursday or Saturday after the game. That should not just be one time, one moment, or even one season that's coming up. Gratitude is a way of life. If we are children of God and we are claimed to know Him and we claimed to be saved by Him, then should we not be grateful for that? Yes? Thank you, because we'll keep moving if you say yes. If you all just stare at me like you're having food coma, or did we wear you out decorating this morning? Okay. It looks beautiful, by the way. Um, and then, and yesterday it started, too, with Alana and Heather sitting on the floor for hours decorating the hallway. If you haven't seen it yet, I think they did a great job. Yes. There was a lot of laughter, too, so don't, I don't want to sound like it was seven hours of slave labor, right? It was not. They had a blast with each other. So, gratitude. I think gratitude is a fleeting thing. Yes? No? Maybe so? I know that I take a lot of things for granted. What are some things in your life you take for granted? Do you know? I don't know. Electricity. This is true. Running water, huh? A roof over your head? You just assume it's going to be there, right? Does it have to be there? It doesn't. We're, We're glad it is, right? If you've ever been homeless or ever worked with the homeless, you learn quickly not to take a roof over your head for granted. So we're going to show a little video real quick of somebody who has a problem taking things for granted. Okay? See if you find yourself in it.
Seriously? For granted again? Yeah, I guess so. All right, well, is there anything you can do about that? Because we really need to do some laundry. Laura, will you please give me a more grateful heart? Honey! My car! Okay. All right, how many of those things do you take for granted? Every last one of them. I do. I take for granted that there will be Hudson's mowing my lawn. Thank you very much. I do. I take it for granted. I take it for granted that if I have a plumbing problem, I can call Matt Dolph and he'll come over and fix it like he did the other day. We had water leaking out of a valve from the wall that was connected to nothing and running into the house. Strange. But anyways, uh, so I, I take that for granted. I take for granted that I'm going to have running water and hot water. I take for granted that I'm going to have a basket to carry my clothes and there's going to be a washing machine that works, right? What happens when your washing machine suddenly doesn't work? It's, you go to the laundromat? What if the laundromat's closed? Mom and dad's? Okay. Well, <laughs> have, you been the, have you done this before or just experienced it? A little bit of both, yeah. Rachel's been home this weekend. Did you bring laundry with you? Good for you. That's good. I'm glad you're aware of that, that you shouldn't take that for granted because I know. But we do. We take much for granted. And this gentleman's issue, I don't think this would ever happen to us. I don't think that my lawnmower would suddenly disappear or my car would disappear. But what if it did? What if you were driving down the road one day and all of a sudden your car was gone and you had no way to get anywhere? Did that happen to you, Stanley? Yeah? Okay. All right. So your car is gone. What, what would you do if you, you know, had a pet and suddenly the dog was gone? What would you do if your spouse was suddenly not there anymore? What did you say, Heather? What did he say? Well, some of us would get along better than others if our spouse suddenly disappeared, yes. But that's, that's really not the point of this discussion. The point, is, the point is to be grateful. 
to be grateful for the many, many gifts we have in our lives. The problem is that we often struggle with that. Even if we're grateful for something when we first gain it, it fades. That gratitude fades over time. Just a few days ago, I let my son stay up really, really late and watch TV and play some video games. It was Christopher. I let him stay up and do some stuff. Well, last night he goes, hey, how come I never get to stay up late? Your kid's ever done that, right? I said, dude, you got to twice this week, right? Because we were at a friend's house, you were hanging out and having a good time, and he goes, oh, yeah. But when do I get to stay up late next time? No gratitude, right? But then I go, okay, and I want to get frustrated, and then I think to myself, don't I do that too? Don't I, have I not received a gift from someone uh, that I suddenly, after time, after I've had it for a while, I just assume it's, it's mine and I forget that it's a gift, right? I remember when we first got married, the first time Heather did my laundry, which was, at the time, was like, oh, somebody's doing my laundry and they're separating the clothes because I didn't separate it, just, <laughs> right? They're doing all of those things and I was like, oh, this is so awesome, we're 19 years in. Do you think I say this is so awesome every time she does the laundry? You would hope. I would hope that I would continue to be grateful for those things. But the reality is I'm probably not nearly as grateful as I should be for that gift. I do, but probably not enough. I mean, if I'm being really honest, I probably don't. And the truth is none of us probably do, I think. If you're somebody who recognizes every gift in your life that you ever receive and treats it with gratitude the entire time you have it, you're an impressive individual, and I envy you because I fade. I forget. My gratitude leaves me. The truth is that's been a problem throughout time. It's been a problem for all of humanity's history. The parable, a parable Jesus tells in Matthew 18, he speaks... Of this problem, he talks about um, the parable of the unforgiving servant. The servant is forgiven by the king for owing tens of thousands of dollars in modern day terms, over a year's salary he owes. And the king says, You know what? I'm trying to make things right. I'm trying to, to clear people's debts. I will forgive you of your debt. Tens of thousands of dollars. Could have been in jail. The servant goes home, and he finds his servant. Now, this is interesting. A servant of a servant is pretty impressive. But he goes home, and there's another servant of his that owes him money. And what does he do? He collects it. In fact, he doesn't just collect it. He demands it. And he says, you can't pay it? You're going to jail. He's been given a gift of having his debt forgiven days before, and already... He's forgotten. So the king calls him back in and he says, basically, you ungrateful. (laughs) Do you not realize what has been given to you, what you have received, and yet you would turn around and not treat someone else as I have treated you? You have disrespected the gift I have given you, and you are ungrateful. It happens with God's people across generations. In Judges chapter 10, we see the story of Tola and Jair. They come in, are those names you've ever heard before? 
right? Okay, that's not even the most obscure text we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about Leviticus. What? All right. You know that book you dodge when you're looking at the Bible? Yep, that's the one. Okay. So they're coming in after Abimelech has been a judge of Israel, and Abimelech has been an abysmal judge. Abimelech the abysmal. We'll go with it. He's been an abysmal judge. He's been someone who's taken his people away from Israel, who, or I mean taken his people away from God, and they have forgotten who God is, and they are worshiping um, gods all over the place other than the Yahweh God. But then Tola shows up, and Tola gives them 25 years of peace, 25 years of following God. And then right after Tola, Jair shows up, and he gives them another 20 years of following God following God in a time of peace, a time of prosperity. In fact, the text says in Judges chapter 10, it says, after he arose, Jair, who judged Israel 22 years, not 20, 22, and he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys and they had 30 cities. What does that mean? Anybody know? They're prosperous. They're doing well. They've got plenty of money. They've got plenty of food. They've got plenty of opportunity to make their lives whatever they wish it to be. And then the very next thing, it says, then the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And they served the Baals and the Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Sidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the Ammonites and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and they did not serve him. 45 years of blessings. And in an instant, they forget. In an instant, they forget. Warren Wearsby says, the essence of idolatry is enjoying God's gifts, but not being grateful to the giver. It's enjoying the things that we have been given in our world and all the pluses of having a roof over our head and clothes on our back and hot water and our health. We talked this morning prayers for people that are struggling with their health. Are we grateful for our health? We pine for it when it's gone, but are we grateful for it as we have it? Abraham Lincoln says this was a problem in our nation. In 1863, he gave a presidential proclamation, and he said, We have grown in numbers and wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom or virtue of our own. Be honest with you, I'm guilty of that at times. Of going, I did a good job, right? Do you ever say that to yourself? I did a good job or I won this or I achieved that or I made that happen. If you did... It was because God gifted you with the opportunity and the capacity to do it. And we are so quick to forget the many blessings that we've been showered with. So quick to be ungrateful and to consider things as our own, of our own making. The problem is the basis of a vibrant faith is gratitude. It is gratitude. It is gratitude for life. 
for, life, for simply being here. Because, newsflash, we don't have to be here, not one of us. I don't have to be here. It's only by the grace of God that I'm here. I said I, rem- I love going to my wife's Thanksgiving. I do. I'm reminded of incredible things. I'm also reminded of people who are no longer there. My wife's sister-in-law passed away just a few weeks ago. So she was not there. My wife's uncle passed away, or, or cousin. Terry's a cousin, right? Earlier this year, he was not there. As I've watched this family over the last 20 years, it seems, yes, there are new faces that come, but there are those who are no longer there. And that should remind us of the gift of life, that none of us have to be here. I visited somebody in the hospital this week on Wednesday, um, and as of Friday morning, she had passed away. Life is a gift for which we should be eternally and immensely grateful. None of us have to be here. None of us. We are here because God breathed life into us and because he felt it important for us to be here. I think we're also ungrateful for time. Anybody know who David Cassidy is? Yeah? You're showing your age if you know who he is. All right. David Cassidy was a teen idol in the 60s and the 70s. Well, okay. Then you're showing you didn't have cable because you were watching old TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, there's probably more of them on cable than... Yep, okay. Well, David Cassidy passed away this week. He passed away this week. And uh, his final words, according to his daughter, were so much wasted time. Final words. So much wasted time. This one kind of hits me close to home because I have a tendency to waste time. I have a tendency to look back and go, now what did I do with my day today? How much time did I spend in front of a computer? Mm-hmm. Well, how much time did I spend just hanging out, doing nothing? How many of you have ever said, when somebody says, what are you doing right now? You go, nothing. nothing. Wasting time. Watching TV, right? Time is a gift for which we should have much gratitude. Time is a gift we will never get back. If you waste it, it's gone. You can't regain it. As much as I'd love to be Mr. Peabody in the Wayback Machine and turn it back, you can't do that. It's gone. Psalm 103, verses 15 and 16 says, As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for it passes over and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. Our time, our life, is exactly that. We have an opportunity to flourish, but it is a limited opportunity. It is a limited opportunity. It's funny, people in their late 30s and early 40s tend to have this thing called a midlife crisis, where they have this moment where they go, what am I doing, right? I had dreams when I was 40, I was supposed to own the world, right? Or I was supposed to have it all figured out, and I don't. And some of them do what? They go buy a, they go buy a sports car. 
right? Or what else? Anything else? They buy a motorcycle. Are you talking about a motorcycle at your house right now? No, you're not. She shut it down already? Yeah, okay. <laughs> they buy a motorcycle or a car or they cheat on their spouse because they think that I've wasted so much time or I missed something or something's gone or I'm not what I needed to be. They're trying to reclaim something they can't get back. You can't get it back. So every moment you have needs to be put to use. It's, it's redeemable only in that very moment. Once it's gone, it's gone. And the final thing I think we should be in grateful of is salvation. And that brings us back to Advent. Advent is a season where we celebrate that we have been forgiven for things we did not deserve. We have been given hope where there was none. We have been given joy where there was only pain. We have been given peace that was unattainable any other way. And we have been given life eternal. Tell me that's not something we should be grateful for. And as we're moving into this season, I don't want it to be something where we just, we celebrate it and then we pack it up at the end when all the Christmas decorations come down and we forget that we are saved. That we forget that God has given us an immeasurable gift. Because to be the children of God is to be grateful every day. To be grateful for every moment to be grateful for every laugh, for every smile, and even for every tear, to be grateful for being on the planet, for being grateful for having family to go visit. Yes, for being grateful for having a car and a roof over your head and a lawnmower and washing machines that don't fly out of the sky. Uh, I'm sorry? And break. break. Well, yes. (laughs) Cultivating a capacity to be grateful for what you have is not our natural bent sometimes. So I want to give us some practical ideas. The first is uh, cultivate a daily grateful perspective. Einstein said there are only two ways to live your life, as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is a miracle. Einstein was a pretty bright guy. Well, no, he didn't. Nice try, though. Um, do you wake it up in the morning and do you just assume it's going to be humdrum? Or do you get up in the morning and you say, good Lord, I have another day. I could be gone because life's not a given. That will change the way you look at the world. If you can find a way to get up every morning and say, this is a miracle that I'm here. This is a miracle that I have breath. This is a miracle that there is sun shining in the sky. This is a miracle that I have a dog to pet if I have a pet. I have trouble with that when I look at my cat. I go, are you a miracle? (laughs) I know, it's an issue. So I need to work on it. Keep a gratitude journal. 
Write something down that you're grateful for every day. It doesn't have to be with a beautiful pen. It doesn't have to be on some crazy stationery. Just write something down every day that you are grateful for. There will be days where that's super easy, and there will be days where that's really hard. But I would encourage you to, to, to do it anyways because it cultivates a spirit of gratitude in all that we have. Practice seeing the good in people that you encounter. Ken Blanchard says that when you're leading people, you should catch people doing something right. Seek the good in everybody you encounter because it's really easy not to. It's really easy to see the bad or the broken or the messed up. Look for the good in everybody you meet, even the guy who's screaming at you. Practice humility. Practice taking credit for nothing. Practice giving all the glory to God for everything. That's tough. Don't complain. I said don't complain. Uh, don't complain. I love people who say, when I say, how you doing? They go, good. I could complain, but nobody would, nobody would listen. And yet, we persist in complaining. Right? We persist in complaining about things when the reality is we are unbelievably blessed. Don't complain. See if you can go a day without complaining about anything and tell somebody this is your day you're doing it so they can go I got you you need to Chris you need to do that for your mom you'll be here the rest of the day today right okay congrats Grace you need to do that for your mom you're sending her away too (laughs) okay we'll just keep working on the down the line Matthew you need to all right So don't complain. Donate to those who have less. Tomorrow is a great opportunity, daily bread, right? The greatest gift we give them, I do not believe, is is a meal. It's a wonderful thing. The greatest gift I think we give them is time. It's time. It's, It's not wasting our time in front of a TV. It's spending time making connections or getting to know people. Because they can't get their time back either. It's a great gift, and if you don't go, you're missing. Right? You're missing out. The finally is bring your best to God. Because he will return it with his best. Bring your best to God. Don't bring your leftovers. I'm at my best for God in the mornings. Sometimes I don't give me my best in the mornings. I wait until the evening. And if you talk to me in the evening, I'm not nearly as... I run out of gas, man. I'm a little hyper, right? I'm kind of... Right? I'm kind of like this. I run out of gas in the evening. So if I wait to give God what he has given me, to give back to him, to be grateful for what he has given me till the evenings, he's probably not getting my best but he is in the morning. And so that's when I give it to him. I give him my time. I give him my energy. Sometimes I fail. 
but I would practice giving your best to God. Whatever that is, it might be your finances, it might be your time, it might be your energy. I don't know. But practice giving your best, and you will be reminded of how great a God He is. So, I am grateful for the decorations that were done this morning, for all the people that showed up. I'm grateful for a pile of teenagers who sat in my office and checked every single tea light in the hundreds of, of tea lights for the luminaries we're going to put out later, right? Later? I'm grateful, for the, I'm grateful for my daughter being home, if only for a few days. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this place. I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve an amazing God each and every day. And so I hope that we are people of gratitude. And I hope we are people who spread that feeling and that virtue to the world. Okay, worship team. My keywords are bad. I get on a roll and I mess it up. And, but I think they're learning to adapt, aren't you? Yeah? So thankful for you. We are thankful for that powerful name that you have given us a Savior. We are thankful for life. We are grateful for the time and health that you give us. And we are unbelievably grateful for your saving love and mercy and grace. We pray as we go through this week and this season and that our lives, that we cultivate a heart of gratitude, that we cultivate your love and remembering that you give us everything that we have, that we deserve nothing, and yet you treat us like your children. Thank you. I pray for those who are ill, who are unable to be here. I pray for Gary Hudson to be healed. You can do that. I know you can. I thank you for just being you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he grant you and give you sweet, awesome, good job. You're getting it.